You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee offers us today in our work of love, compassion, and justice. To support this podcast, go to renewedheartministries.com and click donate. It's this Jesus who, for Christians, is the decisive revelation of the divine, the decisive example of our faith, and the decisive model for how we live our lives. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of the Jesus for Everyone podcast. My name is Herb Montgomery, and this is episode 445. Our title this week is Crosses and Resurrections, and our reading is from the Gospel of Luke, Luke 23, 33 through 43. When they came to the place called the Skull, they crucified him there, along with the rebels, one on his right and the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't, do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he is God's Messiah, the Chosen One. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine, vinegar, and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was, written, there was a written notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the rebels who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebel rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished equitably, for we are getting what is due our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, truly I tell you, you will be with me in paradise. So, we're coming to the end of our time in the Gospel of Luke in the lectionary. And for me... This week's passage, it feels more appropriate for Easter season than for the seasons of, of Advent and Christmas, which we're about to enter into. But, but there's so much in this passage that, that we could still contemplate this week, especially Jesus' generous spirit of forgiveness towards those who participated in his crucifixion. And the fact that the crucifixion was used as a political tool of the state to prevent uprisings against the poor is something that can't be missed here. We also have uh, the actions of the soldiers, the watchfulness of the people compared to the, the sneering of those in power, and the conversation between the two rebels and Jesus' response. So there's, there is a lot here. And first, I want to heed the warnings of womanist Christian scholars, such as uh, Dolores Williams is just one who admonishes us not to forget the cross, but at the same time, not to glorify it either. And she goes to great lengths of explaining this in her volume, Sisters in the Wilderness, The Challenge of Womanist God Talk. I want to recommend that to you this week. But the resurrection story event, remember, it affirms how wrong Jesus' crucifixion was. It was an unjust act of state violence, and it was an act that God responded to by undoing it. In my opinion, we miss the story's point when we interpret the cross as something positive or something good or salvific or even redemptive. The cross is the historical evil 
toward a crucified class of people. And Jesus is part of that class. And God overturns and overcomes their position through Jesus's resurrection. So in this context, I'm also reminded of Reverend Dr. Kelly Brown Douglas, who reminds us in her book, uh, Stand Your Ground, Black Bodies and the Justice of God. This is page 185. Um, She reminds us that the crucifixion of Jesus, uh, it solidifies Jesus' solidarity with the crucified class of his day. And and through that solidarity, coupled with uh, uh, the reversing of that crucifixion through the, the, the resurrection, the story speaks to the restoration, and again, this is page 185, to life those whose bodies are the particular targets of the world's violence to signal triumph over crucifying violence and death itself. So what does all of this mean for us today uh, as, as Jesus followers, our followers of Jesus and our social context? How might uh, we stand in solidarity with all who are oppressed, and who daily suffer what Douglas labels as crucifying realities. What does it mean for Jesus followers who desire to be also, just like the story, death-reversing or a life-giving presence in the spaces that we inhabit? And, and might those in power or those seeking to be in power, might they sneer at us just as they sneered at Jesus? Will we encounter ignorance and those who simply don't understand what they're doing? What does a spirit of forgiveness look like in those moments? Will there be times even when, when we're associated with others who are also like the other rebels working for, for liberation? but with different methods, methods that we may not embrace, but who share our end goals. Might that association leave us targets just as much as them? In Luke's version of this story, it gives me pause as we move quickly into the end of another year. Uh, and, and this end of, uh, of another year, it marks the end of a year of working for, for justice and liberation and a, a world of love and compassion and safety for those, the present iteration of our world uh, and of our society, those that are marginalized and, and those that the, the present iteration makes vulnerable. And at this time of writing, just one example, I'm still looking ahead to the elections that are happening in the U.S. US. And by the time you listen to this podcast or, 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 you, or, you, or you read this week's e-site, the election will have passed and our table for the next two years will be set. Will these coming years be more life-giving or will they be more death-dealing? That's what's on my mind this week as we contemplate this, this Jesus of the Gospels, who is a man who, uh, that was characterized as a, a Jewish prophet of the poor from the margins of Galilee, who ends up on a Roman cross. It, it's this Jesus who, for Christians, is the decisive revelation of the divine, the decisive example of our faith, and the decisive model for how we live our lives. And it's this Jesus who ended up on a cross for his faith and actions, living out a vision of a just future for all of God's children, especially those who were pushed to the margins and harmed in his own time and in his own society. And fortunately, the story of Jesus doesn't end with the Roman cross. In the end, everything accomplished through the crucifixion of Jesus was undone through the divine reversal of the resurrection before the end of that weekend. So, so the story that we read this week, it's ultimately a story of hope. It has sto- it's a story that has definitely ups and downs, um, victories and defeats, but it's a story of defeats 
nonetheless that are undone and what will our, our our next week bring the week after those elections will the the elections yield a, a victory for justice a victory for life-giving and inclusivity and love and compassion or will we be left to to swim against even stronger currents for the next two years will this election be a crucifixion or will it be a resurrection of the kind of world that we want in regard Regardless of the election results, we will we'll still have work to do. The results will make our work either easier or harder, but we'll need to do that work nonetheless. And this week, the, the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus, especially in the Gospel of Luke, as, as is read in the lectionary, it points us to, to the themes and events of his life and how God doesn't end the story at death. Crosses are not the final verdict in the gospel. Uh, life overcomes even death. And even death, uh, remember, that comes through state violence. And I'm holding on to that truth this week. Life can overcome death. Love can overcome hate. Justice and compassion can overcome wrongs, even when those wrongs have the backing of the property to the powerful and the privileged. And making sense out of death, that's something that people in privileged classes, they can wrestle with because it doesn't make sense to them uh, from, from their own social location. This is why when the social location of the church changed, there had to be some sense made out of of Jesus's death but but bad things they happen and bad things are not supposed to happen to those in certain social locations so to speak and those in underprivileged social locations they generally don't waste time trying to make sense out of wrongs that are done to them or looking for some salvific or redemptive purpose in those events they simply see them as wrong and they may look for hope's response to those wrongs um, the wrongs that they've endured but they see them as wrongs done Less. And our story this week, it speaks to that hope. The God of our story is with those who are crucified in our societies. This is a God of the marginalized, a God of the disenfranchised. This is a God who acts in solidarity with crucified classes and communities. And this story tells us that these crucifixions don't have to have the last word. Resurrection, it might look different in every situation. Some resurrection resurrections they simply take time this week don't give up whatever happens over the next two years may we keep our eyes on the possibility of a just future a compassionate iteration of our world one where our communities become safe spaces along with all of our differences and a world where there's room for each of us whether there be crosses or not may our hope be in life and in life giving and a way of life that overcomes death dealing. We get to decide how we show up in our communities. May we be the kind of people whose actions don't betray the Jesus of our most sacred stories. May we be sources of healing and inclusion and good news for the oppressed, uh, love and life, just like the Jesus for, uh, Jesus of our stories and 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 the Jesus of our faith. May we may we live lives that hold sacred 
the dignity of each person's humanity, and not just those who are, are like ourselves, but every person celebrating the rich diversity of our, our shared humanity. This is the kind of person I want to be over the next two years. It's the kind of world that I want to work towards. How about you? Heart Group Application this week, share something that spoke to you from this week's eSight or podcast episode with your heart group. And again, it's this Jesus who, for Christians, is the decisive revelation of the divine, the decisive example of our faith, and the decisive model for how we live our lives. So discuss with your heart group what this means to you. What And number three, what can you do this week, big or small, to continue setting in motion the work of shaping our world into a safe, compassionate, just home for everyone. Thanks for checking in with us today. You can find Renewed Heart Ministries on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you haven't done so already, please follow us on your chosen social media platforms for our daily posts. And also, if you enjoy listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, please like and subscribe to the JFE podcast through whatever podcast platform that you're using. And consider if that podcast platform offers this as an option, consider taking some time to give us a review. This helps others find our podcast as well. And if you'd like to reach out to us through email, you can reach us at info at renewedheartministries.com. Right where you are, keep living in love, choosing compassion, taking action, and working toward justice. I love each of you dearly. I'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.